Welcome back to another episode of the Rookie Curse Podcast, podcast for all things Philadelphia 76ers. My name's Andrew Quinlan. I appreciate any and all of you that are listening. Um, it's been a very long time since my last recording. I basically recorded, I recorded two podcasts um, in August, one right on the day that the playoffs started, and then uh, one, I don't know, like five days after when the Sixers were down 3-0 uh, to Boston and the, you know, the season was over <laughs> pretty much. And uh, I was waiting for some big news to, um, to get back on here. And I almost did it after the Doc Rivers hiring, but I mean, I was, it was an interesting hiring, but it was more just like, I don't really know what to say. Like when a coach is hired, unless it was like a D'Antoni where he has like a certain system, um, that like, I, I didn't really have anything to say about. Doc, I think he's a pretty good coach. He's definitely a better coach than Brett. He's had his struggles uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, Clippers choked this year. But again, it's like I just had to see the way he handles it, and really it depends on the roster construction. So didn't really have any strong thoughts on Doc Rivers being hired, so I didn't really record anything. But yesterday, man, um, man, a lot lot of good news came in for the Sixers yesterday. Uh, Obviously, the big news is that they are finalizing a deal with Daryl Morey, a five-year contract for him to be the new president of basketball operations with Elton Brand staying uh, in his in his GM role. And most teams have like a president and GM, but the Sixers kind of didn't uh, for the last few years, which obviously uh, hasn't, hasn't led to much success. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, man, I was – I'm ecstatic. That Maury's here. I'm I'm a Maury guy. I really like what he's done. I, I know he's there's things that are um, the way he builds his teams can be kind of controversial or polarizing, I guess. But at the end of the day, Houston's been one of the most successful teams for like 15 years. Even if they haven't won the West or or won a championship, they've been consistently really good, and they probably have one of the best. One of the he probably built one of the best teams ever that didn't make the finals. The 2018 Rockets were absurd on both ends of the ball. Like, they were just fantastic. And he built that just two years before that. They won 41 games and had Dwight Howard on a max and not, you know, no, not really any future picks, like any special f- future picks or, you know, like he wasn't going to attract any star free agents. And within two years, they were winning 65 games um, and really pushing the Warriors harder than anybody ever did. And they would have won the title if Chris probably, I think they would have beaten Golden State in one of the last few games if Chris Paul was healthy. And they probably, you know, they had like an 80% chance to beat Cleveland. I'll give LeBron his credit, but like they would have beat the Cavs, the 2018 Cavs at least. So just the way he built his team, he's super creative. He's super, by all accounts, he's he's very willing to call about anyone, which like I really like. Like there's no reason not to, you know. And I know, like, sometimes treating the players just as assets can be a little tricky, but I think he knows at this point, like, that's, you just got to do what you got to do to win. Um, And it's funny that the Rockets played the exact opposite style as the Sixers, because the Sixers were fifth in the league in uh, percentage of shots from the mid-range, and the Rockets were obviously last, um, just allergic to anything between 10 and you know, 22 feet. 
But it doesn't mean that the Sixers are just going to, with their current personnel, they're going to start just shooting 53s a game. It doesn't mean Ben's going to get traded, or maybe Ben will get traded, but it's not going to be because he doesn't shoot. It's going to be because he's an asset. And and Bede isn't going to start taking nine threes a game. It's like, he's he's not an idiot. And the same with, I thought the same thing about D'Antoni when people were like, oh, well, he's just going to try to play small ball and play running gun. Um, with the Sixers, I was like, you guys think these guys are just like idiots, and they're really not, especially a guy like D'Antoni, who's had a lot of success, or even a guy like Doc, who's, you know, he's not regarded as like a, an all-time great X's and O's guy, but he knows what he's doing. He's won a title, he's been to two, he's coached big games. Like, he knows, he knows what he's doing, and they're not just going to blindly have a system that they're going to operate with. Like, they're, they're not dumb. If Joel Embiid was on the Rockets, they wouldn't have played small ball. And they wouldn't have just like played the way they did. You, you, Maury's philosophy has always been get stars and figure it out after that. And the Sixers already have two stars who are both locked up for three and five years. Think Joel, yeah, Joel is three years, and Ben's entering a five-year deal. And they still have some flexibility, and they still have good players other than them on the team, and they have all their future picks. So it's like, yeah, we're kind of screwed still just because of Horford and Tobias. Like, they're kind of screwed. But if there's anyone in the league who I can trust to be creative enough to get around that, I think it's Daryl Morey. And it's just so nice that they seem, the front office seems to have realized, hey, we were fucking up. You know? Like, we were, we goofed this whole thing and having a million, a million voices in the room and none of them have any, like, none of them are qualified enough to be the top voice in a room, so we're just going to have a million bad voices in the room, obviously was not it. And I don't even, like, this is why I feel like Elton gets, like, a bad rap, because he probably wasn't, he definitely had a role, obviously, and he probably had a big role in the Horford signing, given their relationship uh, when they played together, and his, you know, he was a big, and he like probably likes big men, but still. But, you know, with Cohen, even though Cohen's staying, apparently, and Rucker and Eversley, who's gone now, and Scott O'Neill and the owners, it was like, it's just too much. And we're, we're not acting, we're not thinking rationally. The fact that they were, that Jimmy said that uh, upper management was trying to figure out if they could control him as if he's some, like, wild animal. Like, it was so obvious that they were just being run like a clown show, which they just can't. Like, you can't fumble the bag this hard and they did and they still have some hope and and getting Maury is a really great step in getting back to where we were and the fact that they're willing to admit like Maury you know Hinky was Maury's protege and the fact that they're willing to hire Maury and give him making the new president of basketball operations and give him a five-year deal shows to me at least I hate giving credit to this you know management system but like at least they recognize that the they made a mistake. They made a lot of mistakes, which is obvious to everyone else, but it's been three months since the season ended, and Maury's been gone. I mean, he's only been gone for like two weeks, so I guess they acted as quickly as they could, and I guess it's good that they waited because they probably could have hired someone else in like September when Maury was still the Rockets' GM, and, and that wouldn't have that wouldn't have been great. Um, and they also hired this Dinwiddie guy from Indiana to be, I think— Kind of like the the one B. Uh, he'll work with Elton, I guess. 
and he's pretty highly regarded. And maybe behind the scenes, Maury was telling them, hey, get Dinwiddie. And maybe maybe that was why they hired I mean, it was only like five or six days ago, you know? Um, so, man, just so thrilled that Maury's here. And I just feel like so much better about the Sixers' future. Again, their roster is still super screwed. They got very lucky that they got this Oklahoma City pick. If they didn't get this pick, I don't know what... I mean, it's just one pick, but still, like, man, that would have sucked. Um, and they got as high as they possibly could. They could only get it if it was 21 to 30, and they got the 21st pick, which is amazing. And it gives them so much more flexibility this summer and going forward. Um, so I'm just excited. I'm excited that I think Maury's just going to get some freaking shooting, which they need so badly. And I think he's he just wants to optimize around Ben and Joe. And you can. Like, we all know you can. It's still not a per- it's never going to be a perfect fit, but you can put the right guys around them to make it work. And I even I bought into this big ball thing, but I also thought like it's also still on Ben and Joel. They still need to improve and be held accountable and be willing to sacrifice their play style because I thought part of the reason I thought it would work better with last year's team was that I thought Ben was going to be a lot more willing to space the floor to the corner and maybe shoot a couple just maybe get a little more advanced scoring in the half court. And he got a little bit better, especially as the season went on, but he needs to he needs to show improvement. That's that's cutting. It's like that's it. And Joel needs to come back in better shape and he needs to be more willing to pass out of doubles and to play with patience because he just sometimes just doesn't at all. And I'm confident that he can. They're so talented and it's not like they have bad, like, Joel doesn't have a bad work ethic, I don't think. Obviously, he doesn't. He had two major injuries, and he came all the way back to become an all-NBA fringe MVP player in, like, two years, you know? So, I'm just, I'm excited, man. I'm just so excited that they got, they have these guys now, some respected minds. I'm gonna, I do like, you know, I liked Brett. I'm, I'll miss him, but, like, I they're in a better spot, personnel like, in terms of their management and they're coaching. And they hired they hired Sam Cassell yesterday and Dan Burke, who's apparently a defensive wizard, the guy who kind of said that Joel, he didn't kind of say, he just said it, uh, that Joel gets away with a lot of shit and that he hates the Sixers, but, you know, who get, who, like, I don't care. Who cares? He's a, good, he's a good defensive coach, apparently. Pacers have had a good defense for a long time, and he's been there for like 20 years. He's super respected. And he got Dave Yeager, who I kind of wanted to be the head coach if they weren't going to get D'Antoni. Because he's actually played systems that both have pace and post-ups. Like, he's kind of found a way to balance it. And he's, a, like, a really great offensive mind. Uh, and he's an assistant now. So, and maybe that's a good thing because if he's not the, the main guy, I was seeing the issue was that his relationship with players was never great. Um, but if he's the assistant, he can have, you know, it should be like he can have his input without having to be relied upon to control a locker room, which is great. And Sam Cassell is seemed to be, you know, I don't really know anything about his tactics or anything, but, you know, he's, he was sought after for some head coaching jobs, and he seems very well respected. Um, so, yeah, man, what a day yesterday was. And Alex Rucker is getting demoted or let go, I guess. Um, you, know, I, you know, you don't like seeing people get fired, but it's like it was probably time considering he wasn't, you know, he's a Calangelo guy, and Cohen should probably be gone too, um, but he's not. But <laughs> we'll survive, I guess. But it's just such a, it just feels so good to have someone that I can trust to at least know what they're doing. Because I we haven't had that for 
four years, four and a half years now, since April of 2016. And it's just so great. Like, I'm just so excited. Um, seeing Joel's tweet about Dan Burke yesterday was pretty funny. Like, he seems, I, I don't know, he didn't say anything about Morty, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we'll wait for uh, some official, official confirmation, but. I'm excited. I think Elton should. Like, Elton can be a part of it. Because I think Elton's a smart guy. And by all accounts, he's very well respected. Even Woj said today, like, if Elton did decide to leave this job, he'd have another job. Like, lined up. It's not like he'd be out of the job after just two years. Like, he's made a couple mistakes. He's probably had a role in part of why we're so screwed. But, like, you know. I think, I think he deserves a chance to grow as an executive, he's only had two years. He's only been an executive really for like three and a half. He was the G League for like two years. He was the G League general manager, which is like, yeah, it's kind of important, but not really because the team at the top is signing the G League players that actually matter. Um, so, man, what a, I was so shocked. I really didn't think he was going to come. I really didn't, especially because it seemed like um, he wanted to – you know, he wanted to, uh, like, be with his family, I guess. But obviously, you know, you can never believe that stuff. And his wife's from Jersey. He, you know, he was on the Ricky. Talked to them. And I really liked him on that. Like, he's a cool guy. Um, and Houston was just a mess. And I don't blame him for stepping down. You know, the Sixers tried to get him two years ago. And he didn't. You know, I wish he would have came two years ago. Um, man, I'm just excited. So with the Mori hiring, I guess we can talk about kind of like a big picture stuff with the Sixers, and then I'll probably get into a little bit of draft stuff. We're about you know three weeks away. I think it's on a Wednesday. If it's on the uh, 18th, I believe it's on a Wednesday night, November 18th. Yes, that's a Wednesday, which is different than the normal Thursday, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but just big picture Sixers stuff. So I think – I'm not sure if um, – I think Ben and Joel are definitely going to be on the team next year, obviously. Uh, I don't think Maury's dumb enough to trade them right now. I don't really think they're at their highest value right now, although maybe Ben is. I don't think Ben's value has dipped that much, and I don't think Joel's has either too much, but teams are always going to be wary of getting them beat just with the health stuff. Um, and his style of play isn't super easily fit into any team. So I think those two are going to stay unless, like, a superstar, maybe Harden, I don't know, uh, requests a trade, like, next week. And if Harden does request a trade, I think Ben would be, like, the best asset Houston could get. And I think I would probably do it for the right. Like, we'd have to give up a little bit more because Harden's obviously a lot better. And Harden still has two years and a player option left on his deal. But I, th- I don't know who's beating Ben Simmons in, a, in like as an asset unless – Boston wants to give up, like, Tatum, which I don't think they would. I don't think Jalen Brown's good enough. I don't think Siakam's good enough. I don't think the Hawks would give up Trey Young. I don't, like, I don't know. Brooklyn, no. Miami's not giving up Butler. and Maybe Bam, but would they? I don't think they would. I don't think they would do it. I think they want, but then again, oh, maybe. Uh, they'd have to give a lot more salary to match that if Miami wanted to, which they do have, but, you know, the team would be decimated other than Butler and Hero. I think they would try to keep Hero. But it would probably be like a Ben, Thibel, Picks package, like two or three firsts, 
probably two for I probably wouldn't go more than unless it's really protected I wouldn't go more than two just because like you know there's still issues other than and Ben's great and our defense you can't really replace Ben on defense so it'd be tough but anyway I don't think it's gonna happen this year I think it might happen next summer uh, which would be interesting depending on how this season goes so um but like with Horford and Tobias and Richardson that's like the three guys who ideally they'd all be gone for cheap uh cost controlled guys that can shoot and one of them can dribble it's not going to happen that well one probably two out of three are going to be back um i think josh is i don't know i don't know like he's been tweeting about the sixers and stuff which i guess he's still on the team so it makes sense uh and like he was talking about doc and stuff but it's also like if they want to get better they're probably gonna have to trade josh which i'm cool with uh, just because he's a good player, but he just doesn't really fit that well. And he's still a good asset. And they're not going to be able to re-sign him next year. Like, I don't think it's going to be worth it. So, and who knows? Like, if he shows any, like, um, indication that he's willing to uh, accept this player option, then, you know, you never know. Maybe that's a two-year deal for just $20 million. Like That's still a pretty good asset. But if they can trade him for a ball handler, my dream is Seth Curry. I don't know if the Mavs would do it without maybe including that first-round pick because then if the Mavs could include – if we included that first-round pick, the Mavs could use 18 and 21 to try to get a guy they really want in the draft or they could trade 21 for a future first or we could just give them a future first because they're uh, short on picks because of the Porzingis trade. Uh, they didn't have a first last year because of the, the Doncic trade. Um. But yeah, like a Seth Curry or Dinwiddie probably won't happen just because the Nets are a, a rival. But that'd be a good play for both teams, honestly. Uh, Lou Will would be very nice to have in the regular season. I just really don't trust that he can play in the playoffs. And Schroeder would be cool. We'd probably have to give up a couple of assets, like Zaire in 21, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe 36. But I think Richardson will go. Now, Horford and Tobias... I think if Maury and Rivers can get Tobias to shoot just like six threes a game, six to seven threes, which he's like physically he's capable of because he can get shots off quick. And I know I was shitting on Tobias the last time I recorded. It's been three months, like give me two and a half months. And I still really don't want him on the team, but like he can still play well. Theoretically, there is a version of Tobias that's a pretty good fit. Not a perfect fit with Ben and Joe, but like a pretty good fit. And you just have to eat the contract. You just have to accept it that who he is and he still you know he improved as a defender and he still gives you good size and switchability a little bit of switchability but if they can just get Tobias to cut out he can still take I mean his mid-range game is his bag like that's his thing but he's not that good at it if they can just cut out like 10 to 15 percent of those and put them all to threes and shots at the rim then Tobias could be a really effective player and Maury has had success getting I mean he's not the coach um, and Doc Rivers' teams have taken mid-range shots, but he's also coached, you know, he's coached Chris Paul. Blake Griffin started shooting a lot of mid-range at the end of his tenure there. Um, Kawhi, PG, love mid-range shots. Even Tobias, that, you know, the 80 games that he played with the Clippers, like he's a mid-range guy. Even Gallo likes the mid-range a little bit. He's coached a lot of mid-range players. Paul Pierce, KG, like he, he you know, his teams are going to shoot mid-range jumpers, which is fine. Some mid-range is fine. But the fact that we were, like, fifth in the league, we need to be, like, in the middle of the pack and get more shots at the rim, more free throws, more threes, 
Just get it up because we have some shooting. Like we have, we don't have, we don't have. It's not like we have no shooters. Everyone everyone on the team other than Simmons can hit threes. Everyone on the team other than Simmons and B can hit threes at a pretty good rate. Um, and you know like Shake and Corkmaz can really shoot, and Richardson on a good day can shoot. If, he, if Richardson was shooting well and was willing to shoot, I'd love to keep him. Uh, but they just need ball handling more, so that's why Richardson's kind of, you know, excuse me. Um, oh, well, I just got an ESPN notification. Should the Sixers target Harden? Great. Um, but yeah, with Tobias, I think they're Doc obviously coach Tobias when Tobias was at his best. Now Tobias also shot unrealistically well from three, shot like 42% over like 80 games, which he's probably closer on a really great season. probably like a 40% shooter at best and closer to like a 38, 37% guy, which is fine as long as you're getting them up and taking more efficient shots, which I think he can. And I think Tobias, I don't think he's too stubborn not to do that. Like he did shoot more threes this year than he did with the Clippers. Um, so we'll see about that. And with Horford, like every time I see a Horford trade, unless it's like the healed thing, which I'd be down for, even though I don't think healed is that good. Um, it's like, okay, well, they got rid of Horford, and sometimes they can even get a pretty decent player out of it that's a good shooter. But it's also like, who's going to play the five? Because there's not really many... You need a stretch big next behind Ben. And maybe they draft him. Maybe they draft like a, like a Killian Tilly or... Uh, Jalen Smith, if he falls, uh, I don't think I'd take. I don't think the Sixers should take him in the first round. Although twenty-one would be pretty good value for him. But I don't know if he can play. You can never trust a rookie to play backup minutes. And maybe Ben at the five as the backup is the move. But during the season, they'd still need someone. Like maybe in the playoffs, that's the move. But during the season, like you can't. You just can't. He just doesn't give you enough rim protection during the season, and that's just taxing. And you want Ben and Joe to play a decent amount together. So, you know, trying to find those minutes. But I'm, you know, maybe like a Deadman. Ah, man, he makes a lot of money. I don't know. They'd have to find, if they do trade Horford, they need to find someone to play backup five because Horford's still a good backup five. He's still a good center. He's even a good starting center, honestly. So, I don't know. I'm not as eager to get rid of him just to, like, if they just do it for cast space, I'm going to be so pissed. And I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Um, so, hopefully. I think they're going to have, they might have the mid-level exception. I'm not sure how close to the tax they are. Um, you know, they, I think it's at like 132. You know, it's in flux kind of, but I think it's not going to change that much. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. They're at, right now they're at 147 million. All right, yeah, so they're over the tax uh, by 17 million. So maybe they'll have the, the taxpayer MLE, which is like, what, $6 million. You can still get a pretty decent player. Get like a DJ Augustine. Maybe a uh, just a, a dribbler. That's really all they need, a dribbler who can shoot. And now I'm kind of interested in a Chris Paul trade. Now, if they want to trade Horford for Chris Paul, you just do it. If you can do a package around that, maybe Matisse is in there. We'll see. Um, but... Try to keep shake if you can, but if there's a, a Horford plus Richardson plus 21 plus 36 trade for Chris Paul, I'd do that pretty quickly. I know Maury really likes Chris Paul. Obviously, he traded for them, traded for him, and I don't think he really wanted to trade him away, 
even with that bad contract. Like, his contract still isn't good, but he's an all-NBA player still, and he was amazing last year, and he'd fix a lot of issues for this team, even though it'd be kind of risky with his age and his injury history. Now, if they can do that, then this team's going to be looking a lot better. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll s I'm just excited now, though, because I really love trades, even though it's probably not good, like, always for the team. And uh, it's just... I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. So, yeah, I'll move on now to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the draft. I've just been, I'm pretty, I'm probably more into the draft this year than I ever have been just because it's been 18 months almost since the last draft, or 16 months. And I like, I love the draft. I just love finding guys. And, um, you know, I put together a little, a little build big board just in general it wasn't really a sixer centric one but like most of the players i like are sixer centric so it's like i don't know but uh so my big board my i'll just go through my top 10 and then i'll put some sixers conversation in so number one i got denny avdia uh number two i have edwards anthony edwards number three i have killian hayes Number four, I have LaMelo Ball. Number five, I have Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, number six, I have Isaiah Joe from Arkansas. Number seven, I have Tyrese Maxey. Number eight, I have Tyrell Terry. Number nine, I have Tyrese Halliburton. Number 10, I have James Wiseman. Uh, in the lottery, and it's a big board, so it doesn't matter, but uh, Vassell at 11, Kyra Lewis at 12, Obi Toppin at 13, and Cole Anthony at 14. So really, I'm just, after watching the playoffs, and watching the season, I just don't really see why any team should take a big in the top three unless they're like generationally great. I just don't see the, the value anymore. Unless they're like, if it's a cat type offensive player or a Jokic type offensive player or an Embiid type two way force. And even now, like with Embiid, you take Embiid top three because he's an, he's an amazing player. But still, it's like they're, it could be tough to fit him around. But still, like you take, he's talented enough, and I just don't think Wiseman is talented enough to justify that. Yeah, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be pretty good right away, honestly. But like, I really hope the Warriors don't take him uh, at two because I'd, I'd rather see them play with another wing. I'd love to see Denny there. I think Denny's gonna be great. I think he's really, really great. He's a great player. Um, just a really great, smart player, and I believe in his shot. And if you believe in his shot, there's really no reason not to to be super in on him, even with his bad free throw percentage. Um, but yeah, mostly I'm just really into guards, other than Okongwu. I like Okongwu a lot. I think he's going to be a really good defender. I think he's going to be um, uh, a good enough offensive player, a play finisher, you know, screen and roller. And I think he'll eventually get there as like a short roll passer. But he's just good. Like I trust him to be able to switch on the guys. It's, it's, or, yeah. So you either need to be a, a fantastic defender or a generational offensive player, or a generational two-way player, to, to for me to justify you in the top three as a big man. But yeah, uh, the guards in this draft, uh, I know Isaiah Joe at six. He's going to go like second round, or end of the first probably. I would consider him at 21. If I was a team, if I was a Sacramento at 12, I would consider Isaiah Joe. I think he's going to be so freaking good. He shot so many threes in college in his two years. He shot over 500 well over 500, and he shot like 
he's willing to shoot like 10 threes. He's like Covington, kind of. He's willing to shoot like 10 threes a game. And he's, his form is just perfect. And he can kind of do it off the dribble too. And he's like a pretty smart defensive player. He plays hard. He makes good plays. He's got a good wingspan. He's skinny. Uh, and he's not great slashing or finishing at the rim. But I think as just like right away, he could be a really good player. And I really hope the Sixers get him. Like I want him so bad on the Sixers. Um, other guys, Maxi, I like as like an off. I think he'd actually be pretty good here as like an off guard who can create off the dribble. And I think he'll be a pretty good shooter. He's a good free throw shooter. His form isn't bad. Uh, he just might have kind of had a down year shooting because he was regarded as like a really good shooter coming out of uh, high school. So I think, but I, there's some rumors that he might fall to like 20, 21. If he's there like 17 or 18, honestly, I'd probably trade up just to see like, like why not, you know? Um, Tyrell Terry, I he, he, it used to seem like he was gonna go twenty one. He I think he's gonna go higher now. He'd be such a great fit, especially if he's actually gotten bigger, which he apparently has, and he looks like it in some of the workouts. Um, man, I think he's gonna be really good. He's a great shooter, pretty good ball handler, creative ball handler, creative finisher around the rim, decent playmaker. Like undersized, yeah, but you can make it work. I think he could be really special on offense, and he'll probably I think he'll he's gonna push the lottery now. At this point, but if he fall again, if he falls to seventeen, probably would take him. I'd probably trade up, trade twenty one and thirty four. Uh, and then I have Halbert and nine. I like Halbert, and even with the weird ass jumper, I think he's just going to be a really smart a player that helps you win a lot. And maybe he'll never be an all star, but I think he'll be a really good starter for a long time, with some upside because he can. He can do a little bit off the dribble, like he's a pretty good pick and roll passer, and he's a pretty good. Like sometimes his pull up jumper doesn't look bad, and it's. You know, he's an amazing shooter off the catch, even though his shot just looks so weird. Um, so we'll see about that. I don't know, I, but I just like him. I'd love to have him on the Sixers, but he's not going to fall. Uh, then Wiseman at 10. Sixers obviously will not be interested in him, uh, hopefully. Vassell, that weird jump, uh, that the video of him shooting, I was like, oh, it's just giving me Markel vibes. Uh, just empty gym, weird jumper footage, but... He's a good player. He's a really great defender. He shot very well, and he could do a little bit more off the dribble. So I couldn't really go lower than 11. I, I trust him to figure it out. If he goes to San Antonio at 11, they could probably figure that out. That'd be a great fit. Uh, Kyra Lewis from Alabama, super fast, pretty good shooter, um, decent playmaker, and not a bad defender either. I think he's a, probably the most, the best like all-around point guard in this class, other than maybe Killian Hayes. Um, who Kevin O'Connor is just convincing me that he should be a top five pick, even though I kind of didn't see it at first, but I, I am starting to see it. Um, but yeah, I really like Kyra. I kind of he, he was initially projected to go like twenties, and he'll probably go lottery now. Cole Anthony would be cool. He might fall to twenty one. Like it's such a weird draft that they could all fall to like twenty one. But even if they fall to like eighteen, I consider trading up for them. Uh, I have him at fourteen. I think he's gonna be a really good shooter, and I think he's gonna be a great pull up shooter. Not sure about the rest of his game. I think he has it in him to be a decent playmaker and a pretty good on-ball defender, but he's so small, um, and he was really inefficient last year. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Okro at 15. A lot of people really like Okro. I'm just not that high on him. I like him, but I, I'm just not that high on him. I don't see him becoming a good shooter um, or, like, a, a meaningful playmate. He can make plays, and he's a great defender, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, Malachi Flynn is the other guy, along with Isaiah Joe and Desmond Bain. Um, I have Flynn at 16 and Bain at 17. I would love either of these for the Sixers. And I think they're going to, honestly, I think they're going to take one of them at 21. 
Flynn is so good. He's just a little undersized, 6'2 with a 6'3 wingspan, but he's a very good shooter off the dribble and off the catch. A very smart playmaker and a just, like, really smart defensive player, too. Um, so, I would lo- he's a great fit with the Sixers. Like, he'd be fantastic. And he just has, like, a good demeanor. Like, I think he could be a really good point guard for the Sixers. Uh, with Bain... His shot does look kind of weird. It's it's good. The mechanics are good. It's just his flick is just like very fast, and his arms are so big that maybe he just can't look normal shooting. But he's a really good passer. Um, as like a second, he'd be a great secondary playmaker next to Ben, who can really shoot off screens and he can body up on defense. Now his wingspan isn't good, but he's so jacked, like he's huge. You know, he's six six with a six four wingspan, but he's built like a fire hydrant. So like, it, I, I honestly think he could be really good. I think he'll probably be there at 21, but I can see a team falling in love with him. Um, other guys, Aaron Neesmith, um, obviously is like the kind of sexy shooter name because he shot 52%. But I don't... First of all, the, the sample's pretty low. It's only 115 threes. He only played like 12 games. I don't think he's going to defend that well, and I don't think he's going to be able to do anything else other than shooting that well. Like I don't see him creating off the dribble much. And even his shot isn't quick enough for me. Like, it's good. He has good mechanics, but they're kind of slow for a guy who's supposed to be coming off screens, you know? I kind of would want someone quicker. I think he'll be a good shooter, and he'll be a pretty good player, but I don't see him as, like, a... I'd rather have Isaiah Joe, even though Isaiah Joe's percentages are a lot lower. I'd rather have Isaiah Joe. Um, and then the rest of my, my board, Tyshawn Alexander, 26. I think he could be, like, kind of like a Richardson type. Trey Jones, 27. Just a good backup point guard. If you trust his shot, he's going to be... A good player. If you think he can shoot, you think he could be a good player because he's a very good passer, very good defender, and just knows what he's doing. Uh, Elijah Hughes at 28 on my big board. He's probably going to go mid second. He can score. He actually, his mid range game reminds me of Jimmy Butler, uh, weirdly enough, but he's a lot more willing to shoot threes. Like he shot 34%, but he shot 228 threes. He shot a lot of tough shots because he was the main guy at Syracuse. I think he can really score. I think he can be a really good shooter off the catch. I think he'd be a really good fit, and he can. He's pretty athletic. He's got decent size. Like he's, just, he'd be a good. I'd like him in the second round. Uh, Mason Jones from Arkansas. He had a twenty-three percent free throw rate, which is like higher than Harden's, and he's only been playing basketball for like four years, and he's like shedding weight now. But he's a senior. It was very strange. But he's got some great footwork, and you can tell it's just natural. If he didn't even start playing basketball till his senior year of high school. And he's like one of the craftiest scorers in the country. That's just like that's not really what you see. Usually, you see the guy who doesn't play till high school, the end of high school, but he's like an athletic freak, and he slowly starts to get, you know, comfortable as uh, kind of like a Rui Hachimura, uh, who didn't start playing until I think he was like fifteen or sixteen. And but yeah, Mason Jones would be cool. Um, he'll probably go like end of the second round though. I have him at thirty. Uh, Killian Tilly at 31, just a stretch big, who would be nice, even though he's got injury concerns. Josh Green would be all right. I think he's just so average at everything, or average or slightly above average at everything. But, you know, if he's there in the second round, I'd take him. I don't think he will be. He'll probably go first round. Be cool to have another Aussie with Ben. I know they're kind of friends. Uh, Jemias Ramsey from Texas Tech. I think his shot is so gorgeous, and he hits a lot of types of threes. He shot 43% from three this year as a freshman, but he did only shoot 64% from the line. He only shot 78 free throws, though. Um, he can hit, like, sidestep threes, step-back threes, step-back jumpers, sidestep jumpers, and he's pretty athletic, but 
not a great defender, really bad footwork on defense. Like he he's got he might need a couple years to develop, but the raw talent as a scorer, he actually reminds me of like a discount version of Jason Tatum. But Tatum's obviously way, way better. Uh, so I have him at 33. He'll probably go around there. He had some first-round hype earlier. Maybe, maybe we'll go to the back half of the first round, back end of the first round. Um, Emmanuel quickly at 34. I think he could be like a Landry Shamit type. Shot 43%. He shoots off movement. Doesn't really do anything else on offense. Decent defender, 6'10 wingspan. Like him a lot. Um, Cassius Winston, the size scares me, but, man, he can really shoot. He's got a decent wingspan for his size. 6'1 with a 6'5.25 wingspan. Uh, smart passer, great shooter, can do it off movement. Uh, or pulling up, and a good pick and roll player. Same with Peyton Pritchard, honestly. Like he's small, not a great wingspan, but he can really sh- he can really score, uh, and he's a decent passer. Sam Merrill from Utah State can really shoot off movement, and he's a decent playmaker. Have him at 37. Um, anyone else? And I have Cassius Stanley at 45, just because I would love to watch him play. I, I I'm excited to watch him on whatever team he's on. He's like the next Gerald Green. He's an absurd athlete. Like, looks like LeBron dunking, honestly. Uh, and decent shooter. He shot 36% this year on not the highest volume, but he looks pretty good shooting. He's just so raw otherwise. So, yeah, I'm excited for this draft, man. It's just time. Like, I wish it would have been in uh, in uh, October. But, uh, sorry about that. But, yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll catch you all later. Thank you for listening. I'm very excited about the Sixers. And, uh, you know, keep it real. All right? Peace.